talking Guten German Morgen. to Deutschland. Speaking of Deutsch? Yeah, I spoke a Deutsch. Sprichst du Deutsch auch? That's all I got. Nein. Oh. <laughs> Nein. I just asked you. Is that you. German or Russian? I don't Nein. remember. <laughs> I don't know. Did you say, you said Sprechen Sie, right? Is that what you said, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? All I know is one time I went to Germany and a little, little German man came up to me in the airport. He said, Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better. We are here in studio with Nate Miller and Michelle Geringer. Uh, so pleased to be here with both of you. So pleased to be at, am I counting right? Are we at week five? This is it, week five. Seven. Week five you've got. So we're getting closer to the home stretch here. We've had um, four previous subtle sins. You brought it with the subtle sin of busyness, Nate. So loved your talk. For those um, who need to be refreshed, give it to us in 60 seconds. Sure. Yeah. I think I think we would all probably agree that the pace of life can be full and can be busy. And perhaps we're oftentimes, more often than not, busier than than we should be. And so... And it's kind of also normal now. It's it's easy to kind of just look around and look at the pace of other people's lives and we just assume like that's just normal. Again, it's a subtle sin of society, but oftentimes, you know, I talk about how oftentimes that subtle sin of busyness robs us from God's best for our lives. And so we kind of propped that up against the life of Jesus and how he lived. And Jesus lived a full life, three years of ministry, got a lot done in three years of ministry. And so we looked at that against our lives and to see like, what's missing? How was Jesus, even though he lived a full life, he wasn't rushed. He wasn't hurried. He still made time for people and loved people and served people and did amazing, you know, wonderful things. And so if we're called to follow him and walk with him, what does an unrushed, unhurried life look like? And so tried to talk through that. How do we get ourselves to slow down and to be able to look more like Jesus and make our days look more like Jesus's days versus Mm -hmm. how I know oftentimes I I can just be, you know, hurried and busy and busy about things that aren't often what's pushing me towards God's best for my life. So um, had you been in more of a hurry when you delivered the sermon, what more would you have squeezed in? Anything that you left on the table? I mean, usually... Usually there's a few things that end up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I kind of got real heavy into the stats when I got to like, you know, um, ways that we're distracted or ways that we use our time, you know, social media, phone technology. And so one of the things I cut out was just how much time, 913 hours a year looks in just your average work week. So... Mm. If you average all that out, right, so you have eight hours a day, 40 hours in a normal work week, when you think about the amount of time we spend on social media, so 913 hours a year, that equates to five months of working hours spent on social media. So I don't know how helpful that is. I think a lot of us agree we spend a lot of time on social media, but uh, there were stats and things like that. Um, There's also just so many quotes out there that I've read Mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to include as well. When we talked about Brad, like the, the Mark Comer quote of like love and hurry mm-hmm. never go together. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Jesus and how he calls us to love, love God and to love others, like love and hurry, they, they just don't go together. But yeah, how often do I live a hurried life? So, so I would say stats and quotes were things that probably got cut mm-hmm. from some 
So Michelle, what do, you, what do you wish he had shoehorned in that he didn't get to? <laughs> well, I, of one, I thought his That's com- an unfair question. Yeah, no, one, I think his comment about how we're so busy, we're even trying to be on our phones in the bathroom. I just thought that was hilarious. And it's so true. <laughs> and so I looked it up, I Google searched it really quickly, and it's like 75% of Americans use their phone when going to the bathroom. And that's, oh. Like, that's all of us. That's so many people. Yes. We just So there's another fun stat <laughs> right. for you. Don't uh, ever hold someone else's phone. You know, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, and, yeah. and I also saw that only 16% of us ever clean our phone. We wash our hands, 90%. Uh, and yeah. what are the other 10% that's even doing? Not stat. washing their hands. But then only 16% of us actually wash our phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I'm I only so clean guilty. it until yeah. it's like really bad and it's oh, like, okay, man, I got it. Bad. And then yeah. are you cleaning it with your shirt or with like a real cleaner? You know, so anyway, wash your phone, PSA. <laughs> And um, I, I think, I mean, I think the concept of, of busyness and hurriedness is just, there's so much mm-hmm. to unpack. Um, I, think, I think one of the things is just, what are the ways that we, can, that we can fill our life with things that will help us to be centered on God and help us to be calm? And there's just, a, there's a lot more in the disciplines or the practices of the Christian walk like silence, like reading God's word, like listening to it, praying to him, having time in the morning. There's a lot of practices, I think, that help us to feel unhurried. We obviously have a lot of things to do, and it's good for us to do those things. But I think that there's so much in the way that we design our week or our days or our months that can help us to be people that are like Jesus and unhurried. Just like how Jesus, he said, you know, he had spent the whole day healing people and preaching, and then he disappeared and he went off to pray. And he didn't do that and ignore people, but he found that both of those things were helpful. So he held intention, helping people and being there for people and walking alongside them and spending time alone with the Father. And he was able to do both. Mm -hmm. And that was with intention. It wasn't like, well, I just hope that it'll happen today. You know, it was with intention that he was able to do that. Yeah. So, Michelle, one reason you're here is because you uh, attend pre-preach and you're one of the voices that gives helpful feedback uh, on it. Um, And uh, it was kind of interesting because this, you know, when we did have pre-preach on this one, we, we... we gave all the feedback, and then some people like you and me stayed in the room, and we kept kept talking about this. It seemed like there were so many other ways to think, ways to go. Like you even used the word spiritual disciplines, which really wasn't a topic sure. in your talk. But often when it comes to, okay, my life, um, what are the things that I can do that will restructure my life in a way mm-hmm. that is less hurried? You know, sometimes people do go to spiritual disciplines uh, to do it. Either of you find things that you, well, I guess the question would be maybe it's spiritual disciplines, maybe it's something else, but when you feel um, you are too hurried, um, how do you respond? Is it with spiritual disciplines? Is it with something else? For sure, one of the things that is most helpful to me is what what I talked about Sunday. If, if I can start my day with a prayer or a conversation with God of just saying, God, I'm yours, I'm available, I, I want to love you more deeply and see people and see opportunities and moments you might send my way, that, that, that just helps orient my day in a way that is open and available to being used by God. 
I don't often or don't always do that. And so, right, it's just so easy to just launch into your day. I'm looking on my phone. What messages or emails did I get? I have this meeting coming up. I have this meeting coming up. I got to get the kids here. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things, but I am not thinking of it through this lens of like, God, today is yours. Man, I want to, I want to walk with you today. Um, so really, if, if I'm not praying or have that mindset or that time early, usually that day is kind of off and running before mm-hmm. I know it. So that for sure has been one thing that has, has really helped me. Yeah. Michelle, do you see it as a problem? Do you, how, how have you responded to it? Yeah, I think, I think for me that it's, it's really a heart posture of doing things for God instead of doing things to be well accomplished, doing things for other people, doing things so that my boss has approval, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am bivocational, so I work here at Northridge in outreach, but I also work as an audiologist at the University of Rochester, and it's really fast-paced. I mean, you have I have a schedule full of people, and every 30 minutes I got someone new coming in, and sometimes it takes longer than 30 minutes, and then I'm running 10 minutes late, and then I'm running 15 minutes late, and then somebody's upset with me because I was late, but I was spending time with someone that needed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's this tension. And so one of the things I started doing a long time ago is just 10-second prayers. It's like I have 10 seconds to set my heart back on God in between each of these appointment times or meetings when I'm here at the church. I just take 10, 15 seconds longer if I have it, but often I don't. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just take 10 or 15 seconds and say, okay, Lord, I feel flustered and I need to drop this at your feet and help me to have your presence and your guidance and your your wisdom in this next set and help me to just leave this one here and move on so I can be all in fully present for the next person. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like that back to back all day. Mm -hmm. And then when you get done with the day, you're like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and I, I get like, I'm like a jello, but it's helpful to be able to have just those connection points with God. Help me to keep, to settle my heart so that I don't have that hurried pace, even though I'm behind in my schedule. Mm-hmm. I can still be unhurried in my posture. Yeah, I think it's interesting because a lot of people might not know that you are in the medical profession. Dr. Yeah. Geringer. That's you, true. Dr. Geringer, uh, tell me, you are an audiologist, doctor of audiology. Give me the right title. That Both of those are true. Doctor okay. of audiology, audiologist is okay. what we call it. And yes, I work at uh, University of Rochester. If you need a hearing aid, come on and talk to me or questions about tinnitus. A lot of mm-hmm. people find me in the lobby for those items. So I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions. Most anytime. helpful thing on the pro, on the podcast, I know now know how to say tinnitus. I think I was like tinnitus or huh. something. <laughs> that one's tinnitus. also Is that, popular. Do people do it? Yeah, tinnitus. it's okay. It's okay. okay. Is but, tinnitus actually a thing or no? It's not some other thing it's than a tinnitus. It's a mispronunciation. Is, it's a mispronunciation. All right, correct. so it isn't something. It's just a mispronunciation. <laughs> yes. But uh, Michelle has two careers. You know, she heads up our Beyond Ministry here at Northridge. But Monday and Tuesday, you're helping people with their hearing issues. But the reason I mention that is because my wife, Karen, is a nurse at Highland Hospital. And I think probably, and I'm sure we're talking to a lot of people in the medical profession. It's another place, ministry, medical profession. It's a place where there's that constant, constant tension, which being all in with someone and addressing their needs is at odds with getting done what we need to get done. I had a doctor who, he was great. When you're in the room, he was all in. He would talk to you as long as possible, but you were two hours behind schedule by the time you got to see him because 
how do you, you know, so, so pulling that off, but it also reminds us of Jesus because, you know, he, you know, he had medical needs that he met. I mean, that wasn't the most important thing. Forgiveness and the spiritual needs were the most important, but he was also balancing those needs for people. And then there's crazy texts in the scripture where he seems to walk away. We're done here. There's more people who are sick. We're done. We're moving on. So I don't know. All those things I think are a huge tension. And my wife too, nursing is a 24 seven, you know, profession. People are sick around the clock. So, um, how do you not, you know, drown, you know, in that, you know, is a huge challenge. Anyway, I just rambled about that. Appreciate, you know, both of you, whether it's ministry or medical responding to the needs of people, but that's hard to balance that and not be hurried. I don't have a question in there. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll just say, and I know there's a lot of people that have jobs, um, where you can't just turn your phone off. You mm-hmm. have to be available to your job 24-7. Maybe mm-hmm. you own your own business or you're in education or you're in the private sector and you're in sales. And you, there's no such thing as like a Sabbath from your job because it's, mm-hmm. it's always going. Right. And I think that, or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and it's just your kids are always with you. You're never going to like have a break, right? And so I think it is really important to find ways in the midst of that that we can, that we can reconnect mm-hmm. with God and just make sure that we're that are the source of our emotions and the source of our um, our actions is is toward him and so it's not just this constant like well I've got three phone calls and a hundred emails and like I just can't keep up and I feel like I'm drowning um, and, and I think that those small touch points and connections and then those morning rhythms things that we can build in it doesn't have to be tremendously long God knows how much mm-hmm. time we have and how much responsibility we have and so I think when there's things like your children that just they are your responsibility. It's so good to take care of them, to bring them into those rhythms, to do things with them. And like my mom used to always like sit with us and she, she'd be like, I can't get a break. They're always up. And she would just sit on a rocker and rock us and keep praying. And she was just like, I'm just going to keep doing this rhythm with my children because I don't have any other option. They're awake. And so I'm not going to put them back to bed. I'm just going to do this with them. Mm -hmm. And so in any way that you can build that in, try to find a way and just let it grow. Let it grow slowly and naturally. I think going back to, to we, you know, we were talking about prayer earlier, especially like short little prayers. Start your day with a prayer, or even throughout your day, come back to, you know, the why and the focus of just being with God, connecting with Him, and being open to what He wants to do. But I think like the whole idea of Sabbath is also something that. We don't mm-hmm. really talk much about in the church and even what is Sabbath and how did Jesus use his Sabbath. We were talking mm-hmm. about that, Brad, as you right. mentioned after after the message. But I think I think short term prayer is good, but I think also like getting away, setting us aside a day to be with God in more extended times is also really important than just little times. Those are also really important, but even you see that practice of Jesus, like he would get away. And all of a sudden he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm heading to the wilderness or I'm heading up to the mountain to pray that I think is also just a big part of just quieting down for a little bit and being able to connect with God. Yeah, Sabbath is huge, right? I mean, because it's one of the 10 commandments. So it hits the top 10 list. It's such a huge controversy in the ministry of Jesus. And a lot of it is... He's breaking it. And people are like... He's breaking what they misunderstand it to be, right? And there's that critical statement, you know, 
God made this, you know, God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. So it's not supposed, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be a refreshment. It's supposed to be for you. And if instead it can become a tool of oppression, right? I mean, we just, we, we, we get so bent out of shape out of it. And there was those conflicts where Jesus, is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath? You know, do I wait till tomorrow to heal mm. this guy? Or do I heal him now? So anyway, but the whole thing about the Sabbath, I get fascinated about because it's so countercultural, right? Like the Romans had what was up with these Jews. You know, they take every seventh day off. It was just so bizarre, you know, to them. But to, you know, get a word from God, you know, to you know to you know to make that break. And I've heard people talk about it's for the oppressed because you know it doesn't matter you know, what factory job you work, how demanding it is, you, you, God wants you to have a rest. He's going to free you <laughs> every seventh day. But it's also us, you know, who think the world won't, you know, won't continue without us, right? We just mm-hmm. like, we feel like, oh, I got to, I have to. And God says, no, you know, the world will run just fine Without you, right. you know, you know, you know, depend on me. But um, I guess what I was thinking about is you. So where my mind hops with all of that is some of the things we talked about feel discretionary, right? Like we're very distracted. Like we spend too much time with entertainment or video gaming or social media or whatever. And some people are saying that's not my problem at all. You know, I'm hurried because I'm working three jobs. You know, I'm hurried because I'm a mom. And and for some reason, my kids don't <laughs> take a break on the Sabbath, right? Because they're two, three, and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So I'm just kind of curious about um, what what do we think? You know, Scripture has what God has for those who feel not that um, I'm too distracted, but that I'm too. Should I use the word oppressed? I mean, just I'm too. I, I am. Meaning, like, these I are non optional. Like, I can stop playing video games, but right. I can't, right. you know, not right. be a mom or not be a dad. So, right. how do right. I, in the seasons of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you, I, I, what do you, what, what do we think the message is, you know, for those who feel they don't have choices? I'm asking this question and without necessarily knowing the answer. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't yeah. even talk about this ahead of time. No, but, that's uh, right. Well, I think one of the things we see in Jesus as he lives his Sabbath, he's not, he sometimes is alone, but not all the time. It's not as if Jesus is saying, once every seven days, find a way to go to a monastery and be utterly alone for 24 hours with me. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't do that. He's mm-hmm. with the 12, with crowds of people. Mm-hmm. He's speaking in the synagogue in the morning, healing mm-hmm. people in the afternoon. Crowds are following him. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the day, he sneaks mm-hmm. away, away to pray. And so that's one of Jesus' Sabbath days. Jesus lived a long time before he entered ministry. And we don't get to see every single Sabbath that he lived. But I think that that shows that there's some flexibility. There's that corporate worship that's involved in his Sabbath. So getting together with other believers and spending time worshiping God, that's a great thing to do on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He's not saying it's necessarily required, but that's a really good way to start your Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. To to spend time with other believers, to spend time with the people that are in your life, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and then to eat together, to be together, and to not withhold good, to heal somebody Mm -hmm. if they need to be healed, to talk with somebody about hard things if that's what needs to be done. So 
there's a, this element of resting, resting and focusing on God and focusing on each other. But there's also, it's, it's not just about finding, you know, 24 hours to spend solely spending right. time with God or 24 hours to spend doing all of your hobbies. Mm. It's just, it's to rest and be with the people that are in your life and reconnect with Jesus. I think that would be uh, one way to look at the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it's so much about perspective and in, in, in your, your heart and your focus. Because mm-hmm. you can and will be times where you're working, but you're working in your Sabbath, mm-hmm. if that even makes sense. The well, ox is in the ditch. Yeah. That's Jesus's illustration. Yeah. Right? So. But the focus of that, again, is like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, through parenting my kids, which is a 24-7 thing, still lean on God for strength and depend on him and walk closely with him and serve my, my kids, even in the midst of this hard thing, mm-hmm. hard job. So it's so much comes down to, I think, that perspective yeah. Focus in it. I think uh, a couple of things that occur to me, just I think about those who are overwhelmed. I guess this, the psalm comes to me, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. And it seems like there is, so for those who are oppressed or overwhelmed or feel like they're drowning, to know they have a Savior, a God who cares right. and will provide and you know to rest in that and to not feel guilty about taking those breaks you're not being a slacker you're not sure. being irresponsible you're not failing um, God wants it for you but I think the other thing that probably occurs to me is that for those who are oppressed or overwhelmed it may be the job of the body to step up and you know God might we might be the answers to each other's prayers you know in those situations so being aware of those who are in our midst overwhelmed drowning and what what we might do for them. I know those are just random, you know, random thoughts for me. Um, one thing we like to do uh, with people is, uh, you know, point out some resources. I don't know if there's things that you guys have found helpful. Um, if someone wanted to think more about this, sure. Well, there was one I thought of, which is one you may have heard of before. We were actually talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's been around for a while, but uh, John Piper's book, Don't Waste Your Life, is a, 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 an awesome resource, again, at just really orienting our lives, getting at the why, why are we here and what, what should we be focusing on and thinking about as we think about our lives. Um, there's a more recent one that I haven't read, but I know, Michelle, you had recommended that was also really, really a great resource, too, that I'm actually eager to go out and and get and read. Yeah, it's called um, Something Needs to Change um, by Platt. And it's all about, it's a story, which makes it just easier to read, PSA. Mm -hmm. And it's all about his experiences walking through the Himalayas and just interacting with people and seeing the ways that not having enough money for medications, malnutrition, human trafficking has just hurt people and and seeing those broken situations and thinking and wondering, it's his journal and reflection about like, how do I get involved and step up in this place? Because I'm seeing what God... What, where there's opportunities, kind of like what you were saying, Brad, mm-hmm. for, for the church to step up and to, and to step in to this area. Um, and I think that you can do that too in your own community. And I think that book just really helps you to orient your heart, not just to how can we, how can we center in God? How can we do that on a Sabbath day? But then like, 
on those other six days of the week, where do we press in? Mm-hmm. Where are we working so hard that we need a Sabbath? How are we spending ourselves on behalf of other people and then resting in God so we can do it all over again? And so mm-hmm. I think those two books really help you to press into those other six days of the week. And then... Um, there's a podcast, Fight, Hustle, and Hurry. My community group just went through that. Um, that's John Mark Comer and John Ortberg, and they just talk about different, they talk about the Sabbath and silence and different spiritual disciplines that can help you to slow down and unhurry your life and reorient your life so that you're spending time with Jesus so that you're ready to press in those other six days of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that sounds great. I, too, have read... Don't Waste Your Life, um, years ago. I'm looking forward to reading Platt's book, too. We'll include all those resources in the show notes. And again, Nate, thanks so much for uh, bringing a great message. I think it was one, again, I think every week's a gut punch, maybe this one more so than others, but a needful, needful reminder. Uh, Michelle, thanks for your wisdom. Love your contributions. And please join us again next week for week six of The Subtle Sins of Society. <laughs>